Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast that's ready for chaos. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by the brother whose two favorite teams lost this weekend. Yeah, that'd be me, Ryan Newman. And those teams are? Uh, Nebraska and Baylor. In reverse order there, you just gave it. Uh, (laughs) I'm joined by the other brother who was just happy that Baylor got the cover. That's true. Definitely. Trey Newman. That was my lock, so I'm happy. Exactly. Uh, All right. As always, follow us on Instagram at College Football Bros, on Twitter at CFB Bros. And if you'd like to support us on Patreon, you can do that at patreon.com slash college football bros. But let's get straight into week 12, and we will start with, of course, the game of the weekend, Oklahoma at Baylor. And first it happened to the Falcons, then it happened to Michigan State last week, and now Baylor, 28-3, to is the most dangerous lead in college, well, and the NFL, apparently. Uh, Trey, what happened here? Yeah, and, and it was 31-10 to at half, too, so you thought, okay, that might still be too much for, for Oklahoma to overcome, especially with their defense, but... but they they did it and and Jalen Hurts pretty much probably clinched at worst being second in the Heisman now. I mean, uh, I wouldn't uh, just push Justin away Fields. Justin Fields like that. Yeah, it's uh, a good point. But I, I like I like Oklahoma's matchups uh, to put up stats in the in the future. But but that's neither here nor there. Uh, you know, after he started out kind of poor, he he really didn't flinch. And you know, starting out the game, the floodgates just opened for Baylor. Like they could do no wrong. Uh, Charlie Brewer looked great. Brewer looked great running and throwing. And the Oklahoma defense just looked really poor in that first half, kind of like what we had seen the previous couple, couple games. But I got to give them credit. They, they bounced back in the second half. They weren't, they weren't great, but they forced a couple turnovers and they, they kept Baylor from scoring at all in the second half. And you know, the, the, one of the key plays that I thought was going to be the, the ender was when Jalen Hurts looked like he was going into score and he fumbled right around the goal line. Yeah. I, I thought it was done, but man, they, they just kept coming and good for OU. Yeah. I, I felt Baylor more choked this one than, uh, than OU really went and won it. They, they had so many chances to drop passes. They just had so many chances to to end, like you said, the Jalen Hurts fumbling before the goal line. They were trying to give him chances to win this game, but they just went into shell mode in that second half with their offense. What happened? It, it tough to explain. I know OU's defense maybe stepped up a little bit, but for sure, I mean, just, Baylor only ran sixteen plays in the second half compared to Oklahoma's fifty-eight. So wow, yeah, it was just they had nothing, and they couldn't sustain any drives. Drop passes were killing them. You know, in that first half, though, when OU got that touchdown, I mean, it was kept alive, that drive by that uh, that penalty that was originally we thought was going to be on OU. That was a fourth down call, and Baylor got a stop, and we were like, I was like, hey, all right. But then it ended up being a penalty on Baylor, but the refs kind of screwed it up. That was a big swing right there, because it was, it was 28-3 at that point, and they would uh, if that would have been a turnover, it might have been 28-3 at half different ball games so. right and but even when i know trey said even when it was 31 10 you thought that might be too much i don't know i i never felt even when they were down 28 to 3 you knew oklahoma was gonna make their comeback am, am i the only one that thought that or no I, I knew they would come back and make it interesting for sure it's just you know i don't know use offense is too good yeah and even without cd lamb of course in this game they were 
amazing. And yes, Jalen Hurts, I would say some people are calling that a Heisman moment, kind of like you said, Trey, but he was part of the reason that they had dug that 28 to three hole. Total, he had a, totally agree. Yeah, he had a couple turnovers, but he, of course, made up for them. But the three teams most disappointed with with this comeback are Oregon, Utah and Alabama, because oh, yeah, those are the teams that are probably going to be in that one loss, you know, discussion for the fourth team in the playoff at the end of the season. And OU is obviously still alive. They needed one of those teams to lose, Baylor or OU. <laughs> yeah, but you were hoping you were hoping <laughs> it know, would be OU. <laughs> Eliminate the Sooners. Yeah. Uh okay. Next game, Alabama beat Mississippi State 38 to 7. Of course, we don't need to talk much about the game, but the big news is Tua dislocated his hip and will be out for the year. So we may never see him in a college game again. What are your thoughts on on this injury, Ryan? Yeah, it's too bad. I mean, first one of the best players in college football history, really. He's not going to win a Heisman, uh, not going to have a chance to maybe lead his team to a playoff this year. And it's just, it sucks because he never should have been in the spot. He shouldn't have been in the game. I don't think he should have played from the beginning. They didn't need him to beat Mississippi State, but mm. fine. You put him in, you're up 35-7. I mean, late second quarter, come on. It's uh, This game is well in hand and you know he's not close to 100%. Should have been in. So I blame Saban, Saban on, on that one. I'm sure a lot of other people do too. But the real issue is now is for Tua, just like, hey, is he going to be able to come back and be Tua again? Because this is this injury was the one that ended Bo Jackson's career. And yeah, that was what everyone, the thing that came up on Twitter. I have no idea, you know, I'm yeah, not I a don't doctor, know about the science obviously, it. but it's been a long time since then. And right now they're saying he's supposed to make a full recovery. So yeah, and two was not a running back, so you know. Yeah, that's certainly. I'm, I'm helps. hoping he's he's okay. But, but it's a bru- it's a gruesome injury, though. Mm-hmm. And I'll I'll disagree with you on one point there, Ryan. I was fine with him playing in this game because I mean he he played last game, so he was clearly good enough to go then. And yes, they were big favorites in this game, but they were even with Tua like a 19 point favorite. So maybe without him, I don't know if they would have been a t- two touchdowns or something. Like it's not some massive like they're not playing western carolina or something in this game so i was okay playing him as long as the doctors and everyone said it was good to go um but yeah obviously it seems like he should have been out when it was 35 7 but either way even though he was out there for one more drive the odds of him getting hurt were so were very unlikely getting a serious injury like this but it happened so yeah it does it does suck just as a coach you just can't you can't make that mistake I don't but know. But so many coaches do. I'll just say that. Like I know this, exactly. And you can't do yeah. that. I, I bugs me. And it's the and it was like I see both sides, but it was a freak thing. And hey, he's given him the the chance to do the two minute drill. But yeah, he in hindsight, obviously he shouldn't have done it. But I don't I don't really have a problem with with Saban um keeping him in there. But just to echo your sentiments, it just sucks for college football as a whole. It's just it just it's it's a bummer. I mean, whether you like Bama or not, it he's been classy and it's too bad. Yeah. And he, by the way, ends this season with the highest pass efficiency rating in college football history, 206.9. Wow. So, yeah, he's had an incredible career. Uh, we move on to Georgia winning 21-14 to at Auburn. And it was actually 21-0 going into the fourth quarter. It definitely seemed like it was over, especially given that Auburn could do nothing on offense. But Somehow they they woke up. Bo Nix led consecutive 75-yard and 57-yard touchdown drives, cut it to seven. And then their their best chance was with about two and a half minutes left. They had a fourth and two 
at the Georgia 34, and Bo Nix had a running back wide open for a first down. And he just, he threw a bad pass. He kind of threw it behind him, incomplete. So, yeah, Auburn loses kind of in exactly how you would expect. Both defenses dominated. Jake Fromm and Bo Nix had bad stats, and, you know, Georgia just eked out a close one. Yeah, that uh, it was like it was that receiver. He was just too open. It was it was, it yeah. was one of those one of those deals. But um, Georgia, I they get these big wins, and I want to be I want to be really encouraged by them. But their offense is just has these lapses where you just kind of like blah, like they leave something to be desired. I mean, thirteen of twenty eight for from for only one hundred and ten yards is. I know Auburn's defense is great, and it's on the road, but you want to win a title. That's it's got to be they got to improve there. Yeah, I mean the resume is impressive of as in terms of of the wins, but yeah, it hasn't looked great. Yeah, the eye test has been different. Their defense is amazing, and I, I admit it's so it's really fun to watch, and that's going to keep them really in any game. Uh, they held Auburn. They clearly made a point to say let's make Bo Nix beat us because they held Auburn to uh, only eighty four yards rushing. They just they just closed the run down. So, and they made Bo Nix throw. I think he threw fifty times. So that's not a good recipe for for Auburn. No, not at all. Yeah, but this is just kind of the. Um there's a sample size is big enough now to just realize, hey, Georgia's office just isn't very good. There's, you, I'm not waiting for it anymore to just all of a sudden turn around and have like some explosive plays and explosive offense. It's just not there. It's not going to happen. And at least in this game, DeAndre Swift went over for 100 yards. That's a positive sign, I guess, going up against Auburn. And I mean, yeah, they, the offense isn't that great, but defense is elite. And when they get to the SEC title game, kind of be a clash of styles against LSU. So that'll be kind of an interesting matchup. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, Iowa ended Minnesota's perfect season. The other undefeated that went down this weekend. Uh, Iowa won twenty three to nineteen. Trey, what happened here? Yeah, I was impressed by the the Gophers making a comeback here against Iowa in this one, especially with Iowa's defense and it being on the road in Iowa City, place they hadn't they haven't won in well now nine straight. Uh, but they the way that they did it, they were down twenty to three. They actually ended up giving themselves a chance in the fourth quarter. Uh, so I was, in, I was encouraged by that for if I was a Minnesota fan. But for Iowa, their defense kind of lived up to it in the end, especially on that final drive. The D-line really flexed their mus- muscle. A.J. Epinesa got a sack, and, and they really cl- shut the door on, on the Gophers. Yeah, that Iowa defense was, was definitely impressive at the end. And just kind of throughout the game, they were, for the most part, bend but don't break. It seemed like every time Minnesota got near scoring position, Iowa would get a big sack. Their defense had six sacks in total. And they rode, they kind of just, they sat on that lead. Like you said, those first three possessions, they looked, they did not look like Iowa. They were making explosive plays. Tyler Goodson was all over the place on the ground. Um, but like Iowa does, they just sort of sat on a lead and, and yeah. it ended up working out. So yeah, looking like a maybe a nine and three season for for Iowa here. Yeah, it's kind of almost now the standard there for for Kirk Ferentz. He's just it seems to have elevated that program here in the last few years where they're they're pretty darn good. Uh but yeah, Minnesota, I thought Minnesota I mean they had like you said Michael, they just stalled once they got to Iowa territory and kind of in scoring range. They had to settle for three field goal attempts. They missed one of them. They also missed an extra point. Yeah. So there was just a lot of points left out there uh for the Gophers and if you look at it, you know, from a numbers standpoint and from a, I don't know, just the eye test. Like I thought Minnesota was the better team there in this game. They just didn't convert. They weren't able to do it. So yeah, it sucks to lose if you're Minnesota, but they're proving themselves that they're they're legit, man. They are yep. totally legit. And I, 
you know, I, they have a great, great chance here to win out. By the way, that uh, that last extra point that they missed it w- <laughs> was very big because the point spread was three or maybe three and a half. But either way, yeah. that was uh, very costly for some people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ouch. Um, okay. Let's uh, close out week 12 here with the rapid recaps. All righty. So uh, let's get us going here, boys. Our first one is uh, Western Michigan at Ohio. This one was played on Tuesday, so it's been a while. Uh, pretty crazy game here. Uh, Western Michigan, they shut Ohio out in the first half. Uh, they fight and Franks couldn't do anything uh, in that first half, but then they erupted in the, in the second half. They scored 31 points to force overtime. Um, Ohio went first. They got a field goal, but then Western Michigan's Levante Bellamy running back. He's having a huge year for them uh, at, at running back. He scored a touchdown, so Western Michigan got the win, 37-34. So now you got Central and Western tied for first place in the MAC West, uh, but Western beat Central, so they got they got the pretty big advantage there, and they just have one game left. They, they only have one game at Northern Illinois, so win that okay. and they're in. Lose that, and who the heck knows? It's still a lot of possibilities. Yeah. Uh, all right, my next one here is uh, North Carolina and Pitt. This was on Thursday. Pitt got a big win, 34-27 in overtime to stay alive in the Coastal Division. Kenny Pickett had a big day. He threw for 359 yards, had three total touchdowns. Uh, man, Pitt is just kind of scraping by this year. They really are. They're 7-3 they're and three right now, but all of their wins have come by 10 points or less. So they're just they're hanging on, they're, but they're making the plays when they, when they need to. So good for them that they got a big one this week uh, at Virginia Tech. Oh, yeah. He's a must win. Mm-hmm. My next one here, Louisiana Tech at Marshall. This was on Friday. Marshall got the easy win, 31-10, but they got the easy win because Louisiana Tech was without their starting quarterback, Jamar Smith, uh, and a couple other starters due to suspensions. So Marshall easily took advantage of that. And Louisiana Tech, they're still in first place uh, in the West of the Conference USA, but those guys are still suspended, and they got to go to UAB this week. So it's... uh, that's going to be a tough, tough one. So they, that that could cost them division title for sure. Oh, for sure. Worst possible timing for for those suspensions. It's a two game suspension with two of the biggest games that they they have. So yeah, that's rough. But they, you know, this week they they could get UAB still. They could, but we'll get yeah, to that. Much harder. Uh, all right, fourth game here: Florida and Missouri. Florida controlled this one, twenty three to six. Missouri's offense has just totally disappeared in the last month. In their last four games. They have scored a combined 27 points, and they've gone 0-4 in the process. That's pretty rough, uh, although they do have Arkansas left on the schedule, so that's going to help. Yeah. Uh, so they'll still get probably one more win and go bowling. they got five wins right now. But as far as Florida, it's just kind of a typical, typical game for them. You know, They don't do a whole lot offensively. Defense is great, enough to win. Uh, but they're sitting at 9-2, and two, and they got Florida State as their last game coming to Gainesville, so... Very good shot at 10-2 and two with a, a New Year's 6 spot in the works. Yeah, another another great year for Mullen. Yep. Finally, I got LSU and Ole Miss. A high-scoring affair here, 58-37. Uh, LSU got the win. Joe Burrow threw for nearly 500 yards. Did have a couple picks, but it's okay. We forgive him. Um, but LSU, they racked up over 700 yards of total offense. So they were humming. Problem is, they gave up over 600 and over 400 on the ground. Yeah, that is that's rough. So that's worrisome if you are uh, going into the SEC title game looking ahead that far. But, you know, Georgia's kind of 
licking their chops at that those numbers so well yeah and looking further ahead to the playoff you know if we're we're talking yeah, true. lsu as a possible championship contender you got ohio state and clemson both looking pretty you know there's not yeah. a lot of things you can say poorly about about those teams so yeah good point uh okay i well before i get to my games i want to mention we, we are recording this on sunday night again so if any coaches get fired on monday we we will not know about it unless you want to make any, any predictions ryan you look like you got a prediction in you mm, i'm not sensing any firings here okay is frost gonna get like five more years another five-year extension maybe if he gets one more win, who man, who knows? <laughs> All right. Uh, my first game here, Michigan blew out Michigan State 44 to 10. Man, I mean, Michigan State, I knew their offense wasn't good, obviously, but what has happened to their defense? They've given up 30 or more points in five of their last six games. And in this one, Shea Patterson had 384 passing yards, four touchdowns, no picks. Um, so as far as Michigan, they look to be salvaging this season a little bit. They're eight and two right now. So sets up, obviously big game against uh, Ohio State in a couple weeks. Cincinnati survived another close game against a mediocre opponent. They hit a game-winning field goal to win 20 to 17 at USF. I'm going to get this right. I'm not going to mess it up. <laughs> and they really got outplayed in this game though. They got dominated in yardage, yards per play, third downs, but the big difference was the kicking game. USF's kicker Spencer Schrader one for five on field goals, including a doink oh. with two minutes left, which would have given them given them the lead. Whereas Cincinnati's kicker Sam Crosa was two for two. So special teams. How much of the game is it, guys? Half. No, no. Try again. Oh, the third. Very good. Ding, 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 ding. All righty. Yeah. Uh, next game, Iowa State beat Texas 23 to 21. Despite Texas having a great drive late in the fourth quarter to go up by one. So on that drive, they had a second and 35 at one point, ended up getting a first down. And then they had a fourth and goal at the seven. Ellinger just kind of scrambled around and found a, a well, sort of open Malcolm Epps. He, he made him open. Good pass. So uh, they took the lead. But then a few minutes later, Iowa State drove down the field, hit a 36-yard field goal to win as time expired. So now Texas is six and four in year three for tom herman and they might lose next week at baylor so kind of a rough season yeah wake forest at clemson nothing to see here clemson won 52 to 3 defense continues to be great as it has been all season and trevor lawrence is is picking it up his last four games 13 touchdowns no picks i think right now we can all just that that north carolina game almost means nothing to me and this team, I don't think you can say anyone is definitively better than Clemson right now. Obviously, Ohio State maybe is. LSU maybe is. But yeah, you can't say that for for certain. Um, finally, last game, Rice won 31 to 28 at Middle Tennessee. And I bring it up because it is Rice's first win of the season. They, are they were due. Man, they were so due all year. One and nine. One and nine. They had some close ones. They finally did it. All right, my first one is Indiana at Penn State. The Nittany Lions won this 34-27, to but they had to earn it. Peyton Ramsey, he was efficient and had 371 yards passing. Penn State, they held the lead most of the, or the entire second half, uh, but with them, they were up 27-24. They went on an 18-play, nine-minute drive, which they converted two fourth downs to end up sealing the win with a, a touchdown there. Yeah, and and this one I saw that uh, Bill Connolly's post game win percentages. I think he had Indiana at like seventy eight percent win probability. So wow. Penn State may be a little lucky to get the win there. Yeah. 
All right, Wisconsin at Nebraska. The Badgers won this 37 to 21. The score isn't really surprising, but the way it happened kind of was Wisconsin. They had a kickoff return for a touchdown. Jonathan Taylor had 204 yards, and Nebraska really couldn't slow down the rushing attack of the Badgers. But it was surprising to see Nebraska move the ball so well, even without their stud playmaker, Wandale Robinson. Adrian Martinez and Dedrick Mills played their best games of the year as Nebraska had almost 500 yards of offense. So if I'm a Wisconsin fan, that's a little alarming as as they close the season here. Okay, quick correction. Uh, I made a mistake. It was 73% win probability for Indiana. So apologies to the listeners. Yeah, I had to go check the tweet. Still somewhat crazy. Yeah. All right. Back to me, though. Yeah, West Virginia at Kansas State. Neil Brown and the Mountaineers, they got a big road win, 24 to 20. Jarrett Dagey, he started his first game for West Virginia, and he played great. Uh, he threw three touchdowns, and they were all on third down, including the last one that was a 50-yarder to take the lead for good. K-State, they had chances, but they, they couldn't get off the field, like I said, on some key third downs. And then they also had two turnovers, including the last uh, last play when they threw an interception in the, the final minute as they were trying to come back. So good win for the Mountaineers. Next, we've got Arizona State at Oregon State. This was a classic Pac-12 shootout. The Beavers ended up winning 35-34. Both quarterbacks, Jane Daniels and Jake Luton, put up big numbers. But most importantly, Oregon State forced two turnovers in the second half. So the way this ended, Arizona State scored late, and they decided to go for two in the win. But Oregon State was able to stop them to get their fifth win. So ASU, they've lost four in a row. Now, Oregon State, though, they just need to beat, well, not just, they have to beat either Wazoo or Oregon on the road to get bowl eligible. But either way, even if they don't, it's been a very successful second year for Jonathan Smith. Oh, yeah. And if they win the Civil War or just make it close, that would be incredible. (laughs) It really would. I I hope they do. That'd be awesome. And then finally, South Carolina at A&M. So right after the athletic department gives Will Muschamp their quote, you know, their vote of confidence, the Gamecocks just got hammered 30 to six in college station. They fall to four and seven, but in this game itself, it was only 13 to three going into the fourth, but then the Aggies just wore them down as they they ended up rushing for 319 yards. They outgained South Carolina 540 to 260 and Holinsky was 16 of 41 passing. So not, not so great there. And the Aggies really have a chance to wreak havoc on the playoff now is they have to play at Georgia and at LSU to close out the season. So they'll have a say. All right, let's uh, move on here to our segment for the episode. And the segment is called Take Your Pick. So pretty self-explanatory. Ryan, what do you have for us? All right, our first one is, which team that suffered their first loss this past weekend has the best chance to make the playoff? Baylor or Minnesota? Uh, well, Sorry, uh, Ryan. Ryan, what? Wait. Ryan, what do you say? What do you say after that? It's Baylor. No, okay, Ryan. This whole point of this segment, it's called Take Your Pick. Take Your Pick. Oh, thank you. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, sorry, Ryan, but I got to go Minnesota. You know, I think it's more likely Baylor will win out, but they would need some serious help, in my opinion, to get back in uh, with the schedule that they have left. Mm-hmm. Minnesota, they still get to play a ranked Wisconsin, Wisconsin, and then Ohio State. I mean, if they beat Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship, it would be very hard to to leave them out, I would assume. Yeah, I have uh, the exact same answer as Trey, so I'm not going to waste your time. Yeah, as, as much as I love Baylor, uh, yeah, I think this is a pretty clear answer. It's Minnesota. 
Yeah, because Baylor's not going to pass or very unlikely to pass Oregon or Utah, assuming they're a Yeah, there's loss. just no way. Yeah, be very, yeah. Yeah, Baylor would have to dominate. So. Yeah. No, it ain't happening. It's okay. They can still, they're still going to win the Big 12, and that's all, that's all <laughs> yeah. she wrote. That was your prediction, so. <laughs> all right, next one. Jeff Collins' first season at Georgia Tech so far. Encouraged or discouraged? Take your pick. Well done, Trey. Um, it's tough to say encouraged when you're 103rd in Sagarin like they are, but I don't know. I, I think we knew they weren't going to be good on the field because, of course, they're shifting to that new offense. So I'm going to say encouraged because the most important thing you wanted to see this year was recruiting. And right now, their, cl- their class is 25th. It's got a lot of players, so maybe it'll drop a little bit. But either way, staying in the top 30, that's a success. Yeah, and they're, they're top five right now in the ACC w- with recruiting. So that's a plus. If you can do that, you're going to have a solid team. And yeah, they're, they're two and eight, but it's, they're competitive. They've shown some, they beat Miami. That was a, that was a good win, kind of a good stable for yeah. this year. So it's, it, I mean, they lost to the Citadel, but I, you know, I was counting. Focusing on the positives here. Good. You've seen good signs. So yeah. And there was just no way they were going to be good at all. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm encouraged. I'm not like stern encouraged, but yeah, I agree with you guys. I'm, I'm more encouraged than discouraged. And, you know, yeah, th- Brian, you kind of touched on they've been competitive. They've had three of their losses have been by 10 or less. So they're not that far away from being kind of middle of the road there in the in the ACC. And I and this weekend alone, they, they have a good chance to beat NC State. And it's not that hard to kind of make up ground, I think, at the in the ACC at this point. Yeah, very true. Well, unless you're looking at Clemson. But well, yeah, you got to ignore well, Clemson. not against it's them and everyone else right <laughs> yeah, now. But exactly. All right. Last one here. Who is the favorite to win the Big Ten West, Wisconsin or Minnesota? Ryan, take your pick. I got to go with the Gophers. Uh, they have the one game lead right now. So if by some chance Wisconsin loses to Purdue uh, this week and Minnesota beats Northwestern, they, you know, they the game in a couple weeks wouldn't matter. That's very unlikely. I get it, but that's factored into the equation. Hey, here. We're, we're talking a very small margins here, so yeah. that that is a in. relevant factor. Yep. You know, if it's a one or two percent chance it matters. I, I know you would appreciate that. Yeah, uh, but let, assuming they both win, which is most likely, or actually, it just Minnesota could lose and it doesn't matter. It's just when Wisconsin needs to win. So right, yeah. The game is in Minneapolis, the Wisconsin game, Minnesota-Wisconsin game. So I'm going to give the edge to the Gophers. I know Wisconsin will probably be favored maybe a little bit in that game. But when you factor in that percentage of this week, I and plus I just like the Gophers. I think they're a good team. So I'm giving the edge to them. I'm with you. I mean, the the computers and whatnot will tell you it's Wisconsin. But I've come around on the Gophers. I, I'm going more with my kind of my view is... I just like what I've seen in the second half of the year, and especially considering what I just saw Wisconsin do. I mean, Nebraska put up a lot of yards on them, and I feel like Morgan and the Gophers would be able to move the ball well enough at home. Okay, I'm I'm going the other way. I'm going to say the favorite is Wisconsin. Um, like Ryan said, there is that whatever small chance that the the final game doesn't matter, but it it most likely will. And yeah, I agree. I think Wisconsin's going to be a favorite in that game. It's hard to say what it'll be. I don't know. My guess is like three points, but yeah, who knows? Maybe maybe I'm wrong there, but I think it's enough to where they've got that 54% edge in the in the division race, but it's it's so close obviously. Yep. Uh okay, let's uh let's move on to our week 13 picks. 
And we will start with Ryan's favorite team, Baylor. They are hosting Texas, and they're a four-point favorite. Who do you like, Ryan? Yeah, we, we, we need a bounce back week for sure here. That was a, that was a <laughs> oh, rough Oh, we one. do, huh? Yeah, we do. Oh, we. Yeah, me and, me and Chip you, and JoJo. You, Chip and JoJo, yeah. I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. Oh, JoJo had, I think she said a total of like five words the entire game day hey, thing there. But you know, she was there. they look great up there. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I like Baylor uh, in this one for sure here. They should be able to move the ball against a pretty relatively weak Texas defense. On the flip side, Baylor should probably be able to make Texas a little bit one-dimensional. The Longhorns, they only managed 54 rushing yards against uh, Iowa State last week on 26 attempts. Not good, and Elliott accounted for a lot of those. So I'm expecting a bounce-back win for the Bears here. They're going to clinch the Big 12 title berth and uh, get that rematch against OU. I kind of lean towards Texas. I I know that they lost last week, but the Longhorns really couldn't be getting Baylor at a better time, in my opinion. After that crushing loss, it's going to be harder for them to rebound, you would think. And I was a little bit more encouraged by Texas' defense uh, against Purdy and Iowa State uh, compared to weeks past where they'd just been getting, getting kind of shredded. And there's rumblings in Longhorn land about Herman in year three, but I think they're going to fight hard and and at least cover this weekend. You know, I'm I'm not worried about the the loss, like hurting Baylor mentally. It's like, I mean, Texas, Baylor's playing for a Big 12 championship. Like, this is the, mm-hmm. this is going to win to go to the Big 12 title. They're going to be pumped. And it's Texas. One. Texas and is it's always Texas. So a it's big like, game. There's, yep. they're going to be super motivated, ready to go, I think. I'll take the four. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I'm also taking the four, though, like Trey. Uh, both of these teams have played a lot of close games this year. And, you know, Texas does continue to, to struggle with injuries, but they went on the road and competed with Iowa State last week. So, I think they're capable of doing the same at Baylor. Um, I'll say Baylor wins a close one, but Texas covers. And by the way, that fight song of Baylor's, I played that live. I didn't like go add that on post, but Ryan just didn't even flinch. It was just like, you just kind of, you felt at home, it seemed like. Yeah, no, I'm (laughs) used to it for sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Pittsburgh at Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech has favored three. What do you think, Trey? I'm I'm back on the hokey wagon. Uh, Fuente seems to have gotten their their groove back as we get to this point in the year when i look at some of these games i I like to weigh the recent results a little bit more and virginia tech if you look at these both these teams recently they've played a a tougher slate and they've really dominated their opponents and they only have that one point heartbreaker at notre dame which is not a bad loss and hendon hooker he has an eight to zero touchdown to interception ratio uh, Pickett can be, you never know what you're going to get week to week. So add the fact that it's in Blacksburg. I like the Hokies and I'm going to make them my lock of the week. Wow. All right. Yeah, I like that pick. Um, both teams are coming in hot. Pitt has won six of seven themselves. Virginia Tech five of six. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm also going with Virginia Tech because they're five and oh in game started by Hendon Hooker. Like you said, Trey, he's been really good. They've scored 42, 34, 43, 36 and 45 points in games he's started wow. yeah so the offense has been a lot better with him and the defense has been playing better under bud foster lately of course his final stretch here um so yeah i just think virginia tech's a little bit more balanced than pitt who is you know obviously great defense but a little more inconsistent offense yeah i'm not buying virginia tech yet it's it's too soon to me to be like oh yeah they got things firing on all cylinders on nah. Pitt, like i said earlier they play in a bunch of close games 
They're going to scrap and claw their way to keep this one interesting. And it's the ACC and it's not Clemson. So <laughs> I'm taking the points. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that strategy. It's a pretty good one. Yep. <laughs> um, by the way, so the, the scenarios here, because this is a big game. We're getting towards, you know, of course, most teams have two games left. And it's um, here we are in the this uh, coastal matchup. So here are the scenarios. So Virginia just needs to beat Virginia Tech in the last week. And they're in. So they control their destiny. Virginia Tech also controls its destiny. They just need to win this one against Pitt and then at Virginia. And then so that'll be an awesome game if it comes down to that, which it will. Um, <laughs> and then uh, so, so to win the Coastal, though, for Pitt, they need to win here. They need to beat BC at home. And then they need to have Virginia Tech beat Virginia. So those are kind of the three main scenarios. There are more. I read that there are 32 scenarios of w- wow. the way things Whoa. could play out. But uh, but yeah, those are the main ones. Well, Virginia Tech's going to beat Virginia on the last second field goal. Oh, that's right. Was your prediction preseason? Yep. Okay. Uh, Boise State minus nine at Utah State. And uh, this one, there's a lot of scenarios here, of course, in uh, the Mountain Division of the Mountain West. So I've got three main scenarios. So number one is the easiest one. Boise wins this game. They win the division. So that's easy. Number two is... Let's say Utah State wins and then Air Force loses at home to Wyoming, very possible. Then Utah State would just need to win at 2-8 and eight New Mexico to win the division. So both teams obviously very much alive in this game. So it'll be a good game. Number three is where there's a lot of chaos, and but it's not that unlikely. So I wanted to bring in a special guest to, uh, to break down this chaos. Is that okay, guys? Uh, yeah okay i didn't i didn't warn you guys that i was bringing somebody else on the no, podcast but okay i was just checking i am professor chaos bringer <laughs> of destruction and maker of doom those who do not know me yet shall know me very soon for the hour of chaos there is a hand butters, butters. <laughs> all right so it's me professor chaos here uh to break this down so we're assuming utah state wins this game and then every other division game goes you know the, the favorite wins there's going to be a three-way tie for the division between Boise State, Utah State, and Air Force. And so I went through all of the, the three-way tiebreaker rules in the Mountain West, and you have to get to the last one to break the tie, letter E, which says you take the team with the highest CFP ranking or the composite of selected computer rankings if no team is, is ranked. And I'm thinking none of them will be ranked in this scenario, maybe Boise, but let's say they're not, then you'd have to look at those computer rankings and that would likely be Boise, but I don't know that for sure. So uh, with Mountain that, West that, gets kind of weird. Yeah, that, I mean, that's a crazy scenario right there. So, yeah, with that, I will laugh maniacally and leave the room. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Butters. All right. Wow. Thanks, Professor Chaos. Yeah. Thank you. So, yeah. So it's me, Michael, again. Uh, I'll take Utah State. I just I want chaos. Yeah, you, I, Michael, I'm with you here. I, I know Jordan Love hasn't had a very good year. He's he's it's been pretty rough, but there are signs of improvement. They've won uh, two games in a row. They beat Wyoming, good win, and they also beat Fresno. So they're they're trending in the right direction, and they have a good defense. Um, Boise's good, no doubt, but their offense isn't Boise normal offense. They're they don't scare anybody. They're tied for 50th in yards per play, and so I think Utah State's defense is going to be able to keep this one low scoring and uh definitely going to take the nine points uh and i'm going to make utah state my lock clean sweep i i like utah state too it just seemed like a lot of points when i first saw this this spread and and boise 
they had to start their third string quarterback last week. So Bachmeyer still hasn't been playing for seems like half the year. And then Chase Cord got injured. So we'll see who's even lines up at quarterback for them. But uh, I think Jordan Love will be able to keep it, keep it within the nine. Okay. Next game, Texas A&M at Georgia. Georgia's favored 14. Who do you like, Ryan? Uh, yeah, I'm going to take the Aggies here. Uh, they've been kind of flying under the radar for the last few weeks. Just they haven't really had any big matchups, but they've won four in a row. Dominated South Carolina last time out. Kellen Mond is playing at a pretty high level. Uh, and I do think Georgia's going to win this one. But I mean, Trey, you've attested to it and like everybody kind of has. Their offense is just not scaring anybody. So 14 points is a lot to to get to to give in this point so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna do it i'm gonna take uh a&m plus 14 yeah i i agree i think a&m is they're a pretty solid team like they have they're pretty good on both sides of the ball and i think their offense is nearly as good as georgia it might be as good might be a little better yeah they're they're solid it's debatable for sure they're, they've got the of course kellen mond you said having a great year the true freshman running back isaiah spiller has been playing really well lately they've got a good receiving core so and Georgia's gone five straight games without putting up 30 points. So I think Mike Elko's defense can hold them under that number again, and that would likely be enough for a cover. So I am going to lock in Texas A&M. All right. Yeah. Wow. Another clean, clean sleep for the bros. I like the Aggies well. Like the, they're, I looked at Massey Peabody's rankings and they're, they have a top 20 offense and defense. So they're not slouches on either side of the ball. And I think Jimbo's a good enough coach to, to keep it close. And I, th- I do think Georgia will win, but Aggies will make it tough on them. Okay. Our last game here is where game day is at. It's Penn State at Ohio State. It's an 18 point spread. That is a big spread. What do you think, Trey? Pretty crazy. Yeah. I, I know you can't apply it to this game exactly but ohio state is the second team in history to beat their first 10 opponents by 24 or more wow wow it's it's pretty 1971 nebraska was the the only one interesting uh but i know it's a lot of points 18 just sounds like so much but i'm taking ohio state uh they come in fresh they had a bye and then they took it out against maryland and rutgers in recent weeks while penn state's kind of They've gone through more of a gauntlet the last five weeks or so, and they've been in these competitive games. And in the last two games that Penn State's played, Tanner Morgan had a lot of success for Minnesota. Peyton Ramsey in Indiana had success. Ohio State, they're going to be doing just fine with Fields and Dobbins, and not to mention Chase Young comes back. So I think Ohio State's raring to go to clinch the East. Yeah, to put numbers to what you said about Peyton Ramsey and Tanner Morgan against that Penn State defense— 371 yards for Peyton Ramsey, 339 for Tanner Morgan. So secondary was was not good the last couple of weeks. Nope. Yep. And that's also why I'm I'm taking the Buckeyes here. They're they're eight and two against the spread, but one of the losses came last week uh, against Rutgers when the spread was over 50, and it was I don't really you know blame they them didn't for that care one. they didn't care to cover. Yeah, exactly. They just who cares? It's that's that's a ton of points against anybody. And same but. with the first same with the first game of the season, right? Yeah, FAU exactly. Those are the two games. They didn't care. Yeah, they didn't care. So I think they're just significantly better than Penn State. And Nittany Lions are looking leaky a little bit here lately. So Justin Fields is going to have a big game. J.K. Dobbins is going to have a big game. And Ohio State's defense will be able to definitely keep uh, Penn State's offense in check. Yeah, I I agree. We're all going with Ohio State. We've I've picked them against the spread every game that we've talked about them this year. 
hasn't been a bad decision so far. So I'm going to keep rolling with it. And uh, just about Justin Fields, because we kind of talked about the, the Heisman race a little bit earlier. Joe Burrow obviously is right now a, a massive favorite just because, well, I mean, he's having an amazing year, but he's also bit, had some more marquee games. I think that's what's hurt Justin Fields is, I mean, they've just been killing everybody. They haven't had, you know, a ton of big games. Here's an opportunity where everyone's going to be watching. So if he has a monster game, maybe suddenly Burrow isn't as massive of of a favorite. Because right now, Fields has 31 passing touchdowns, one pick. And obviously, he's got the the rushing yards and touchdowns too. So he should be right there. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird that he's not, right? It is. It is. It's just, I think that's what it is, though, is that no one's paying attention to Ohio State games because they're just killing everybody. Yeah, that's honestly, that's the main reason. It's kind of unfair. Yeah. Um, okay, let's uh, let's get to the honorable mentions, Trey. Okay, our first one is Michigan is an eight-point favorite at Indiana. The Hoosiers are, are not the Hoosiers of old, but uh, and this is one of the biggest games in Bloomington in some time. I like Peyton Ramsey, but it's going to be tough for them going against a top Michigan defense. Michigan's just been a different team uh, since that second half of the the Penn State game, and they've covered in the spread. They, they've covered the spread in the last four, so I'm going to take Harbaugh's crew here. Next, we got Minnesota. They're favored 12 and a half at Northwestern. I know Northwestern got off the Schneid kind of last week against the worst team, UMass, but <laughs> yeah. it wasn't quite as easy as they thought. They it was a little dicey in the first half. But they're 0-7 in Big Ten play. It's In Minnesota, this is going to be a little class relief for them. They've had to go against Penn State and Iowa the last couple weeks. I think they're going to bounce back and, and, and win in impressive fashion. Next, we got TCU at Oklahoma. The Sooners are favored 17.5. I'm assuming Oklahoma is going to get CeeDee Lamb back. And even though the Sooners could easily have lost their last three games... I think they're going to get back in a groove here. Uh, I've been impressed with Max Duggan for TCU. I think he's going to be good in the future, but I don't think he's going to have a ton of success on the road in Norman. And Oklahoma, they might have got some new life after that huge comeback at Baylor. So I don't see Gary Patterson's defense being able to slow them down. Cal is playing in the big game at Stanford. Stanford's currently favored two and a half. This is the toughest game of the week for me. Uh, You just don't know what you're going to get out of these teams. Chase Garbers, he got hurt again last week for Cal, and they had to go back to Modster. Stanford went to Davis Mills at quarterback last week, and while they didn't win, he didn't play that bad. Stanford has to beat Cal and then Notre Dame to go bowling. So I think they're going to be... I just trust their offense a little bit more, so I'm going to go with Stanford. And then finally, I've got SMU at Navy. Navy's a three-and-a-half point favorite. Last week was just a disaster for Navy against Notre Dame, but I think they're going to do a good job of just throwing that out and focusing on winning their division here. They're currently in a three-way tie with SMU and Memphis. SMU, they've been in some close games uh, as of late, despite being big favorites in most of those. They have a weak defense, and I think Navy's going to be able to sustain drives to keep that offense of the Mustangs off the field, so I'll take Navy. Okay, Boston College at Notre Dame. Notre Dame's favorite 20 and speaking of Navy Trey, I made them my lock last week Ouch. and didn't work out. Didn't work all. out too well. I got a great number though. Do I get credit for I that? I know. Uh, anyway, um, I haven't learned my lesson here. I'm going to go with Boston College. I'm picking against Notre Dame again, uh, but it's mostly going with Boston College here. Their last seven games, they've been competitive with 
everyone except for Clemson. Understandable. And, you know, without Anthony Brown at quarterback, they've just been handing the ball off to A.J. Dillon, David Bailey on the ground. It's gone pretty well. The offense has, has been solid. So I think they can they can cover 20. UCLA at USC. SC's favorite 13. I'm going to pick against UCLA for the same reason I picked against them last week at Utah. I think that three-game little winning streak they had, not as impressive as you know it was made out to be. Stanford had their third-string quarterback in that game against them. Arizona State, like you said, Trey has lost four straight. And Colorado just isn't very good. So I think their bounce back was a little exaggerated. And USC with Keaton Slovis, I'll continue to say it, is they're a good team. They're a top 20 type team. So give me USC. Uh, Louisiana Tech at UAB. UAB is favored four. Both teams are are still alive in the, the Conference USA West division race along with Southern Miss. If Louisiana Tech wins, they look pretty dang good. They would just need to win at home against UTSA to clinch it. Whereas UAB would still need a little bit of help Um, but I am going to go with UAB just because like we talked about Louisiana Tech looked pretty bad last week without Jamar Smith of course he's out again Um, and UAB's got a good defense so UAB's the pick finally Temple at Cincinnati Cincinnati is favored 11 and the scenario here in the AAC East it can be pretty easy if Cincinnati wins uh, either this game or at Memphis they win the division But if they lose both, which isn't that crazy because they'll be an underdog at Memphis likely, then there is some chance for some major chaos. So I think we got to welcome back back our our old friend here. Oh, boy. I am Professor Chaos, bringer of destruction and maker of doom. Those who do not know me yet shall know me very soon, for the hour of chaos is at hand. (laughs) All right, so... I'm back again, guys. Hello. Hey, you got the tinfoil hat on, too. I do, I do. I wanted to dress up for the occasion. So, okay, like Michael said, if Cincinnati loses and everything else goes as expected, you know, the favorites win in in the division, there's going to be a three-way tie between Temple, Cincinnati, and UCF. Yes, UCF is not dead. So I I went down the list of tiebreakers in the rules and got all the way to number six, and it says that uh, the highest ranked team in the most recent CFP rankings wins the tiebreaker, quote, provided the highest ranked team won its final game. What? Well, Whoa. Because the reason is, I think they're looking at like the week prior's CFP rankings. Oh. Because I, I think they don't want to wait for the next rankings to come out. I could be wrong here. Someone, a listener can correct me. Weird. But I, I think that's the reason. So anyway. That's dumb. Cincinnati would have lost their their final game in, in this scenario. So you got to go to the seventh tiebreaker, which is the average of selected computer rankings, which according to the AAC is Anderson and Hester, Billingsley, the Collie Matrix, Sagrin, and Wolf rankings. And so I kind of looked over those real quick, and it looks pretty close between Cincinnati and UCF. So long story short, it could be chaos. Could be. You want it. I do. Well, I'm going to head out and hand it off to Michael. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, guys. Uh, yeah, so I'm cheering for Temple here. Oh. I want chaos. All right. Are you done, Professor Chaos? Oh, he left. Oh. I don't know if you heard. All right, so it's my turn. Yeah, you can go ahead. All right, thanks. All right, my first game here. I got uh, Utah. Their favorite 21 right now. Uh, <laughs> at Arizona. Oh, okay, oh. sorry. There's there's two doors and that he had to leave in my apartment. My bad. <laughs> sorry to interrupt. Yeah, yeah sure you are. Uh, all right, Utah, they're 21-point favorites at Arizona. Uh, Arizona, man, the Arizona schools are not doing well because 
the Wildcats here. They've lost five in a row, really treading water. They got blown out last week uh, against Oregon. Got blown out the week before against the Beavers. Uh, and they're going to get blown out again by Utah, except this time it's going to be even worse because uh, Utah's playing about as well as anybody right now. So I like Utah big. My next game. So instead of showering you with praise, you are showering them with urine. <laughs> oh, okay. Bruce, Bruce stopped by. Sorry about that, Ryan. Wow. A lot of interruptions here. Thanks for the in- interruptions here. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm going to get to Oregon. They're 14 and a half point favorites uh, at Arizona State. Sun Devils, like you said, they're on a losing streak here. Jaden Daniels had a good game, though, last week. Uh, he doesn't turn the ball over much. And while Oregon is by far the better team here, their offense doesn't quite fire in all cylinders like we're used to. So I'm going to take the home dog, Sun Devils, because they, they always keep it competitive. Uh, my next game, I got Purdue uh, at the Badgers. Uh, Badgers are favored 22 and a half. Purdue's had their struggles this year, but they've won two in a row. I know it's against lackluster competition, Nebraska and uh, Northwestern. Uh, but they are coming off of a bye week, so I think Jeff Brom will have his guys ready to go in this one. Uh, Wisconsin, on the other hand, they gave up nearly 300 yards rushing to Nebraska this past week, so I am taking the points with Purdue. And let's see, my fourth game. The Aztecs, San Diego State, are a one-point dog at Hawaii. This game will essentially decide the West Division uh, in the Mountain West. I'm not going to get into the Professor Chaos moments like Michael, but (laughs) San Diego State, they win, they're in. Um, Hawaii wins, a little different. Uh, San Diego State's not sexy by any means, but I I think they're going to get the job done here. They're going to slow the game down, and Cole McDonald is uh, a little turnover prone at times, so I think he might be forcing the action a little bit when San Diego State slows it down. So I'm going to take the Aztecs uh, plus one. And finally, Trey's team, Tennessee, they are four-point dogs right now. Rocky top, uh, baby. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Four-point dogs at Missouri. This line's moved quick. I think it opened up at like six or something, but it's already moved down a couple. Uh, I'm going with the Volunteers. They've won four out of five with their lone loss coming at Alabama, who that was a pretty close game there. And you know, I've already mentioned how much Missouri is struggling lately. So, yeah, I'm taking the volunteers with the uh, the points there. All right, that'll do it for our picks. Let's close out the episode with a questionable finish. Georgia State quarterback Dan Ellington tore his ACL last week, but still made the start this past Saturday in a loss against Appalachian State. When is the last sacrifice you made for the podcast team? Well, uh, the last one would be I gave up playing in a basketball league on Monday nights Ooh. to do this. Thanks so much, Ryan. Yeah. As we record on Sunday night. Well, you know. Usually Monday. It happens. <laughs> I'm busy tomorrow night, though, so. Oh. Coaching, coaching duties. Gotcha. You said duty. <laughs> so my sacrifice was this actually this past weekend, I had to skip my fiance's family gathering to watch football. Whoa. Wow. So, Yeah. You're welcome, listeners. That's the ultimate sacrifice right there. It is. It is. I, uh, well, you touched on it. Uh, the last couple Sundays, we've had to, you know, kind of sacrifice most of our Sundays to, to get ready for these podcasts. That's true. At least we don't have to do it tomorrow. Fair point. <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't uh, signal to the listeners that this is a chore for us. <laughs> <laughs> we love doing it. Oh, it's fun. It's fun. I love it. <laughs> I do. It's great. great. It's, <laughs> I know. No, yeah, it's just a little bit of a rush to have to do it on Sunday night. I For get sure. It. For sure. 
All right, next question. Ryan has picked Baylor to cover in every game this season. Which against the grain opinion are you committed to no matter what? Mine is, I'm going to go basketball for you basketball fans, that LeBron is better than Michael Jordan. Uh, I just, I won't be convinced otherwise. I've never heard you say that before. That's good to know. I have a jersey, LeBron's jersey, hanging on my wall, so I'm happy to hear that. Yeah. Uh, My against the grain, well, it's not against the grain on this podcast. It is is very much with the grain, but college football is more fun than the NFL. Oh, that's just way more fun. I thought you were going to say that Michigan is way better than what they've been perceived over the last few years oh they're eight and two they're like 10th in the ap or something oh this is disaster they're 10th somewhere i don't know um mine is a california well west western united states thing uh in and out isn't very good oh that's ridiculous (laughs) it's not that good i think you've just had it too much like it is very good like if you're visiting california i don't have it at all that like there's one pretty close to me but i hardly ever go there just because it's not very good oh wow i mean i I do i mean i'm i don't like it as much as michael but i do like it for the amount of you know i don't know pub it gets it's like eh. eh. all right wow it's kind of cheap too Oh, for sure. Because it's not good. <laughs> uh, Ryan, by the way, I think you just said Michigan was 10th in the rankings. They're actually 12th in the AP. So, Oh, yeah. I, I'm, I must have slipped my mind. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Uh, just don't let it happen again. Sure. Upset special. People who can't tell our voices apart really think you made that mistake now. So, Yeah, it's true. Yeah, fair point. Okay. Yeah, let's get to the upset special. Last question of the podcast here. I'm going to take West Virginia to win at home as seven and a half point dogs to Oklahoma State. And it's all because of the guy Trey mentioned, Jarrett Dagey, the Bowling Green transfer. Neil Brown made him the starter, had a great game, 20 for 30, 234 yards, three touchdowns, no picks against K-State. If he's the real deal, which of course remains to be seen, but if so, then seven and a half is is too much at home. I, I agree. I like Dagey too. I'm going to say Temple. They're playing Cincinnati. You, you mentioned it earlier, Mike, that uh, they've been a little shaky lately, and Cincinnati's a 10.5-point favorite, but Temple just had a, a good win as an underdog against Tulane, and the Bearcats have been fortunate. They've been big favorites in two of their last three games and barely won. All right, well, Michael took my uh, my team that actually I hit my hit upset special last week, West Virginia. Ah, yeah, yeah. You're doing great with the upset specials. Yeah, yeah. It's too bad I'm not betting Moneyline on these bets. but uh, You should be. Yeah, I don't know. This might be like four or something so far this year. Nice. Uh, anyways, I am going to take uh, Colorado State, the Rams. Uh, they're getting seven at Wyoming. They've won three out of four. They're, and they're playing much better to, after a kind of a rough start to the year. They got former Nebraska transfer Patrick O'Brien as their quarterback, doing pretty well. Uh, Wyoming, of course, still without their originally original starting quarterback, Sean Chambers. He's out for the year. So in their backup, Vanderwall, he threw three picks last week. Uh, in a loss. So I'm, uh, I am I think the Rams can get it done. All right. Thanks for listening to the College Football Bros podcast. If you like the show, give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. We're at 196. We've been stuck there for a couple weeks. 196? Yeah, well, 196. Wow. We're pretty good. But 196. <laughs> 100, am I missing something here? <laughs> no, you're not. I'm not sure where Trey's going with that. Oh, you guys just kept saying 196. <laughs> I, oh, okay. I just didn't hear it the first 196. time. 196. How many, Michael? Let's get One, to 200. 196. Exactly. That's what I'm trying to get at, Trey. We're this close to 200, so 
Uh, We'd really appreciate reviews there. Also follow us on social media and we will talk to you next week. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros, follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros, and for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.